Rising Football Club. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Jake Anderson. Jake, we haven't podcasted for three games, but wouldn't you know it? Three green W's show up on Nine the standing sheets, just like that. I will say though, Kellen, you were you were in Seattle while they were in Tacoma. You were only an hour away and didn't even go. I was. I was within striking distance of the match. Um, to be fair, had plans already in motion before them, but I could have. You could have I see what you're saying. It. I could have, I could have really been there if I really, really, really wanted to be, uh, but I wasn't. So, so three wins. Um, they are now 15 points clear of the second team in the West. I'm not sure who it is off the top of my head. My computer just naturally died at the start of this podcast, so Fresno. you're going to have to read stuff off for me, Fresno. And then they are nine points clear of the most points in the entire league. But the point that you were making to me before we turned the microphones on is that. Indy has three games in hand somehow. How did that happen, by the way? Is that just... just Scheduling somehow. Just I don't know. Weird. They yeah, must... so theoretically, they could have up to 56 points. Do they have like a stadium conflict where they had to move their schedule around and like put it towards the... Do you know they, off the top of your head? They might. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they play in Lucas Oil, if I'm not mistaken. That would make sense then in terms of, yeah, them running into trouble and getting games in at a certain point. Makes sense. Uh, so three wins... I thought that the Sacramento game, which was uh, that is going to feel like a while ago for people listening and for us because it was a while ago. It was a week and a half ago. That was a weird game where that was sort of the fluky one where it felt like that was the one they were quote unquote supposed to lose. And there was a narrative going into the game because two different people had predicted that was the game they were going to lose. I had this weird thing where I was listening to the broadcast and I was like, are they about to talk about us? Because we were on the, we were on the podcast talking about the ways to beat rising. That was our episode going into that game. We were talking about what we think are the the formula for successes against them. So it turns out everyone was kind of in, in that mode, but even more to an extent for other people and just predicting them to lose that game. They wind up winning on. I don't want to say fluky circumstances because they were the better team, but Junior Fleming's cross goes off a foot, goes in, and then I believe it was a Sante shot went off of Joey Farrell off of a weird free kick that went really deep and got headed back into the middle. Just a weird game. Yeah, so it was Kelsey Steele and Devin Kerr were the two to predict that that would be the end of the streak for Rising, and Sean's played it in the locker room for the guys, give them a little motivator. But yeah, it wasn't the prettiest of games um they had another mishap at the back it was just a a miscommunication uh between where Lubin was when he was calling for the ball to be headed back uh Joey Farrell thought he was closer than he was um so just an unfortunate goal there but I mean they're able to battle back especially when it happens right in the beginning of the game and you know one way or another you're able to get that ball in the back of the net um and three points is three points um, no matter how you do it. But I did think it was weird that on, of all nights, a dollar beer night. I'd get if they were on the road or something like that, but... That's where the mojo is supposed to be. A dollar beer night, dude. It's, just, it's a fool's bet. <laughs> Foolish. They will learn from their mistakes and they will grow. That is what we do as people living on this earth. 
what'd you make of the last two games that they won uh there was one i believe the colorado one was the last one three no win and that was like they were up three no within 30 minutes or something like that and that's no one's no one's coming back from that against this team and then there was a 4-2 win over Tacoma, I believe. Yeah, the Tacoma one was, if you didn't watch that game, just watch the last watch the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes. That'll be the most exciting part. Um, so Tacoma, you know, they're down 2-1 um, with 20 minutes to go. And they took a lead in the first two minutes of the game. And you think, okay, this is a wrap because this is the worst team in the conference. You're not really expecting much from Tacoma. Um, but they get a penalty. And if you let a team stick around long enough, they're going to punish you in some way. Um, as soon as they did take the goal to take the lead uh, in the 70th minute-ish, you see Bacaro come right off the bench. And it, I don't know if you've noticed, but when the team needs a goal or they're losing and Bacaro has been getting his rest or he's been in the rotation, as soon as he comes on, and it actually hasn't just been him, but kind of anyone who comes on when the team needs a goal seems to find a way to get involved with it. I mean, we saw... Kalistri, when his goal extended it against Los Dos, we saw Pacero, Flemings, and Lambert come on when they scored three goals in three minutes against Tacoma to win four mm-hmm. two. You saw Pacero have the assist for Solo got the header of all people on a near post. Um, but then you see Junior Flemings got the insurance goal, and then uh, Kevin Lambert he doesn't get an assist or a goal, but he wins the ball in the defensive third, brings it in. Plays it in the box, has a you know an angled shot that bounces off the keeper, falls right to Adam John. He puts it in for the go ahead. So it just seems that whatever substitution Shantz is making, they're having not only a, an effect on the game, but they're literally the reason why, or they're the last guy to touch the ball and and put the ball in the back of the net. And to go on to Colorado, I think the way they responded in terms of coming off a game that they were expected to thrash them and they didn't. And to not come out slow and kind of just put their their foot on the throttle, and it was three nil in the first half hour, and it was kind of like, yeah, that's like that's it. This game's over. They'll not that they'll sit back and just wait for the clock to run out, but you're gonna have to do something amazing to have to come back and and, and tie this rising team. You're already down three goals. With the Tacoma game, it's kind of funny how those things happen in this specific. Um What's the way I'm trying to say it? At all levels of sports, I'm not trying to say that the USL is so much lower than every other sports league in the world, but the top, top team facing the lowly team, even if you let them hang around sticking up long enough, like I watched Playing it. Playing down to your competition. I watched it with the Suns. The Suns beat the Bucks twice, and the Bucks went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like it, it, they beat the Warriors once. It can, it can happen if you go into the, with, in with the wrong m- mindset, but I think it's important lessons that they're checking off as we go into the season. You mentioned... There's a record every week, it seems like, with this team, yeah, but there, there are a couple notable ones you wanted to mention now that we're at this point. Okay, so the most notable ones, I would say, are, so before they even played on Saturday, they clinched a playoff spot with nine games to go, which is 26% of their season. So to clinch a playoff spot, over a quarter of the season left to go, that was a record for the fastest um, solo he broke the team's all-time scoring record in a single season, so now he has both all-time and single-season records. He's at 20. Um, he's at 14 assists, but when he was at a combined 33 goals and assists, he broke the single-season record in USL. So now he's only five behind in goals for a single-season record, and he's two behind in assists for a single-season record. 
So I'm going to safe to say he's going to be the MVP, and if he's not, then you, you're mad. There's not, literally nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. Um, so Zach Lubin now is at 12 clean sheets. Well, let's go back to Solo and, and MVP because I think that's something where not only is he statistically the best player in the league, you watch him, he's the best player in the league, and now you talk about the narrative of this season is undoubtedly this team. They have now won how many games in a row in the league? It's 17. 17. They have more points during the streak than 91% of the league has total on the season. So even if you're talking about one of those situations where like, one of my favorite examples of this was when Alex Rodriguez was on the Rangers and the Rangers were absolutely horrible, but he was putting up these all-time ridiculous numbers for an infielder and people were trying to make the case for him for MVP, but baseball is a very old-school type of mentality with those types of things where it's like it's the most valuable player to the team and if the team sucks and all that stuff but that part of the MVP narrative of you have to be on a playoff team or one of the best teams in the league rising or the story of the season and so by default when that award comes up it it should be him so yeah we shouldn't even mention it anymore it should be a certainty at this point that seems foolish to say with this much of the season left but as you continue to rattle off some of the records that's why so, and I was thinking about this when I was driving over here. I am really starting to equivalent it to the season that the Warriors had when they broke the record for the Bulls. Yeah. So, theoretically, Rising has an opportunity to set the points record for most points in a season. They're going to break the most goals record because they're only about four away, I believe. Wow. So, we all know how that season ended, though. It didn't end in an NBA title for the Warriors. They fell just short to the Cavs. You had the unanimous MVP, the first time we've ever seen that before. And Steph Curry, which I'm equivalenting to solo. Ironically, mm-hmm. coincidentally, both short guys uh, in their sports. But So, just to go back to the records, uh, Lubin, he has 12 clean sheets, which is three short of the all-time record. Um, and they can actually clinch a home playoff game this weekend, which would mean they would have a at worst, top four finish, uh, but they uh, obviously want to win a the Sporter Shield to have what would be the first of a potential treble, you could call it, because uh, you do get a trophy for the Western Conference title and then obviously the USL Cup. So they'll continue to want to keep winning there, obviously. So in terms of you know what we're looking at going in now for the rest of the season. It's championship or die. I mean, that's kind of been the narrative. I mean, obviously, when you make the final, that's going to be your narrative going into the following season. But I'd say ever since midsummer, when they kind of started getting on that roll, and we were like, okay, they're uh, they're up to level. They're back to being the team we thought they were going to be. It's not the beginning of the season, kind of what's going on here. Um, I don't think the pressure, anything of the win streak, I think that's kind of gone away, at least from what I've gotten the sense um, at training and whatnot. I think when it was around that 10 mark, it was kind of like, okay, like we need to get this. We need to break this for the for the fans, for the club, for, you know, for whatever. But now that they've completely surpassed it, I don't think it's something that that's on their mind at all. I think it's just go out there and get three points. There's a couple of player players leaving players coming back we should mention the first one jason johnson looks like he's making his way yes back he will be available for selection sean said yesterday okay what do you see is that obviously his thing is 
his thing is like speed and power in my opinion that's what i see out of him at least in the limited time that i've seen him play but obviously you've had a lot more time watching him beyond this season so for people like me who only came in this season as fans and i haven't seen much of him what can we expect out of him as as a super sub because he's quite frankly anyone coming back in this team would have to be a super sub at this point but that's kind of been seen as his role and was at the start of the season um what can we expect out of him and him kind of filling in any gaps that might be missing so it kind of works out perfectly that junior flemings is away on international duty with jamaica just because he can kind of fill in for joey calistri's shoes as joey calistri fills in for Fleming's shoes so i hope that we do get to see jj come off the bench on saturday if you're not familiar with him type in jason johnson phoenix rising and you'll see a nice little scissor kick that's kind of his biggest uh biggest highlight um, in terms of a fascinating goal, but yeah, he's he's a a good forward. Got pace. Um, he, he may not have the same um, dribbling and technical uh, ability as uh, Junior Fleming's does in terms of quick cutting with the ball, but he's fast. Knows how to play with the guys. More straightforward, I would say, than Junior. Right? Junior's got a little bit more finesse in there. I would say. Yeah, J- JJ does, but I would say that Junior is a better player yeah. than JJ. But I will say this though. JJ, you can put him at a number nine. He he's not going to give you what Adam John does, but in terms of giving you flexibility, because we really haven't seen anyone else that can fill Adam John's shoes. Um, ben Spencer has been in there at times, but I don't think he's done uh, the job that you would want to see from your backup forward. So Jason Johnson actually could play in that position. We've seen it before, but I don't. And there really isn't that much of a sample size to say, okay, he can or can't do that. But it, it definitely gives you another option. And he also, if he could play on the right as well. He could give Solo a break, which he hasn't really had this season. And he's a player who would start for a good amount of teams in the yeah. league. Like he, he is a luxury for them for sure. You mentioned Fleming's leaving on a national break. Anyone else? Yeah, so Mustafa Dumbuya left for Sierra Leone and then uh, Peter Lee Vassal as well. For, uh, for Jamaica. Dumbuya, that's interesting timing because I think his last six to eight weeks has been the best I've seen him play. And he Probably was, why I got the call. And we, I think we had a podcast maybe two, two and a half months ago where we were like, okay, is there anything wrong with this team? And I was saying that if there was a weak link, I thought it was to play it right back. And I would say that's not the case anymore because of the way that he's played. So well-deserved for him. He's playing really well. Yeah, Austin Ledbetter should be the one to uh, continue to get the start in his absence. Um, and Sean's talked a little bit yesterday about how, you know, eventually they're going to need to get Amadou Dia some time uh, off the field just so his legs don't fall off. That guy is, other than the goalkeepers, he plays more than anybody else. So the rotation, uh, the rotation actually I'm looking forward to seeing is going to be center back because Corey Whelan actually got his first start, excuse me, got his first start against Colorado. And we had Mala getting the red card against Sacramento, which forced a change um, in Tacoma. So we've been seeing a bunch of different combos now, and it's almost, you don't know who you're going to get in the center back duo uh, this upcoming Saturday against San Antonio. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch. I thought Corey played well. Um, You know, he said, he's like, you know, I've played in the championship, and we're talking about England championship kind of thing. So he uh, he's a very experienced player. He's uh, he's good on the ball. You you can see that when he has it. Um, it's not like he's making a bunch of forward runs you know, as a defender, but he's a strong kid, um, young. So 
we'll see. You know, hopefully he continues to get more playing time, but you can say that about pretty much everyone on this team. Interesting point in the schedule here. Uh, they play the Saturday at home against San Antonio, and then their game on that following Wednesday on the 11th against Las Vegas on the road. That is, I believe, if I'm looking at their schedule right, their last midweek tie of the season. Uh, and then they just play every weekend, uh, home against L.A., on the road in Fresno. And then the one that I am circling out of all this for sure is on the road against New Mexico on the 28th. That is the team that they drew 3-3 to. That was the one we talked to Rick Schantz. Um, that was the one game we both circled in terms of talking to him about and just being like, this really seems helter-skelter. And the the coaching, from looking at it from a coach's perspective, the structure of the team just wasn't there, but the talent was. And now to see, obviously, the machine that they have become. They lost in the Open Cup as well on penalties. Now they come in and they're just this beast. And that will be a game that they certainly circle as well. Uh, and then we go into mid-October, last game of the regular season, and into the playoffs. So it, it's interesting that at this time in the winning streak that this is the last time for them to have the midweek. And then they can uh, just – they don't even need to find a rhythm, but kind of, like, kind of just be able to stop with this insane marathon of a season, kind of finds its structure, and then and then it's playoffs. So it's – if there was a point for them to lose, I, I think this would – one of those three games would obviously be it. I don't think they're going to lose at any of those last four or five of the season. Yeah, honestly, looking at the schedule, the only the only game that I think that if, – if I had to bet on any of these eight for them to drop points, it would be Fresno. Because, A, Fresno is the second-best team in the West. The matchup, yeah. And you're on the road. Yeah. Um, but they continue to win on the road. They've won eight straight. Continues – to extend the record for that. <laughs> you know, it feels like everything we say is just an extension of a record. But, yeah, I mean, as long as they don't limp in, because what we saw last year is they dropped eight of their last nine points to end the season, which was back-to-back losses to end the year at Las Vegas and at home to Portland. And that ended up costing them hosting the final. Um, I was at the Vegas game last year, and, and I don't want to call it a B team, but it was the B team. And... They lost 5-2, and you can't lose to 5-2 to Vegas, especially when at that point in juncture, every single point mattered in the standings. I know you wanted to get guys rested up before the playoffs, but they're going to use that experience, and having this uh, having this feat or this uh, place in the Western Conference standings, they'll get, compared to the teams that they'll be playing in the first round, they'll get a little bit of rest. We'll be back next week talking uh, after that Las Vegas game on the road and then home against San Antonio is the one this week, and then they play LA Galaxy 2 the following Saturday. So that's, like I said, I'm I'm interested to see if there's any misstep because I kind of thought there was a brief one against Sacramento, but they they still figured out the way to get the win, and they're probably going to continue to do so. What we are not going to do is end the podcast by predicting them to lose like other people. We're not going to do that, are we, Jake? Well, not no, not at no, home, not no. at home. Oh, or on dollar mm, beer night. Do you want to call the Las Vegas loss on the road right now? Be bold. No, 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 no. All right, see you later. Peace.